If you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You thought I was going to send you to Ephesians 6, didn't you? In fact, we're going there in just a minute. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, but first I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll go to Ephesians 6 in a bit. The context in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 is also spiritual warfare. It's what we've been talking about for several weeks on Sunday night, studying what God's Word says about the equipping that He gives us, the equipment, the spiritual armor, and the spiritual weapons for spiritual warfare that God gives us. And the context of 2 Corinthians 10 is also spiritual warfare. I've been reminding you for several weeks now that we are living on a spiritual battlefield. Whether we like it or not, we are. And I trust that you want victory over the enemy. Victory over Satan's ploys and schemes. And if we're going to have victory, there's a critical piece of God's armor that we must have and use. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 10. Are you there? Look with me at verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Notice that we hear in these verses that we do not fight the spiritual battle according to the flesh. You see it? We don't fight according to the flesh. So Paul builds on that thought when it comes to the armor and the weapons that we're to use. The armor and the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. But we do have armor, and we do have weapons. Notice also that he says that the weapons of our warfare are, verse 4, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Isn't that interesting? These are not mighty in me or mighty in you for pulling down strongholds. They're mighty in God. It's God's strength at work in us when we take advantage of the armor and the weapons that God gives us for the spiritual battle that we're in. Now, what kind of strongholds? They're, they're spiritual strongholds. And when it comes to where we face these spiritual strongholds, I'm going to suggest that the front line of the battle is in our minds. I don't mean, as some say, it's, it's only in your head. No, no. I don't, you, you get what I mean? So when somebody says, you, you, you say something, I don't know, you could probably think of something. Uh, somebody says, no, 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 that's just in your head. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm talking about your thinking. What you think, what you believe. 
the spiritual battle is fought mainly in what we think. It's being fought over what we believe is true or what we believe is untrue. Because what we truly believe will determine how we live. Now, look at verse 5 here in 2 Corinthians 10 again. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You see it there in verse verse 5? Listen to it again. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul says we're destroying arguments, or as the New American Standard Bible puts it, speculations, that is a way of thinking, it's a way of reasoning, it's a way of arguing, anything that opposes God's way. Anything that's in opposition to God's way. The idea here is that we are with the spiritual weapon for battle, spiritual battle, and that is, we're going to see it as we get back to Ephesians 6 in a moment, with the weapon for spiritual battle, which is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, the Bible. We're to be destroying arguments and every lofty opinion that opposes the Bible. Let me, let me remind you that we're not being taught by the Bible to take on and fight the devil. It's not our role. The Bible never teaches us to denounce the devil in prayer or to, or to cast out the devil in prayer as in, as in we're going to dethrone the devil. That's not our job. The Bible teaches us to use the, the weapon in our warfare, God's word, to, to fix our minds on the truth. So that we can recognize error, so that we can defeat those strongholds that are built on lies with the truth. We're not being taught by the Bible to take on and fight the devil and his demons. We are being taught by the Bible to fight error with truth. That begins in our own minds as we dive deeply into God's Word. Now, what kind of error do we fight with the truth? Well, the arguments that this passage points to are anything that opposes the truth of the Bible. Anything that opposes the truth of the Bible. Any thought or argument or false reasoning, or false religion, or philosophy, anything that stands in opposition to the Bible is what we're to fight with the truth of the Bible. And I'll remind you here, as we've said before in our study, we're not talking about fighting people. This is not a battle against people. It's a battle against spiritual forces in this world. The illustrations of the need for this are unlimited in the world today. And I say that 
I'm going to give you some examples, but I say that our battle isn't against people, per se, as it is against falsehoods, anything that attacks the truth of God's word. Because we may be speaking to people about something that they are saying that is not true, and, and fighting against that falsehood with the truth of the word, but we ought to still love that person enough to try to point them to the gospel and to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the illustrations of the need for this are unlimited. I mean, just incredibly unlimited in the world in which we live today. For example, what, what is a baby in, in her mother's womb? Is it a baby or is it a lump of tissue? It's a, it's a baby, right? Is it okay to kill that baby or to kill that I mean, we'll say it's not a baby, and we'll, we can kill it, or, or we're not killing it, we're just eliminating it, right? We'll just change the language. Is the, does the Bible say anything about that? Yes, yes, it does. How about this? What is a man or a woman? Can a person decide what gender they will be? Or does God decide that? How about, how about what is marriage? What is marriage? Is it okay for two men to be married? Is it okay for two women to be married? Is it okay for three men to be married? That's going on in the world that we live in today. And, and many, many other examples like those. It, how about, is it permissible for the government to tell the church they can't meet? They can't gather These things and a thousand more like them are happening today, and, and those things are, the, are kind of like the, the things that are really obvious. I say a thousand more things like them because there are, there are many more things that aren't quite as obvious. That we need to be in tune with God's Word so that we'll recognize them as the, the untruth, the falsehoods that they are attacking the truth of God's word in the way that they do. And if, if, you, if you dare say the Bible, I mean, I mentioned those things, and if you dare say the Bible condemns those things, you're worse than a murderer in the, in the culture in which we live. You know, people uh, will say, no, you're, it's incredible, as the, I think it was the saying, what's the saying? It's the, the intolerance of tolerance, right? The culture says, be tolerant. Unless you say you're wrong, and now we're going to be intolerant toward you. These are the things that are included in that statement, in the arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. That is exactly what's going on in our culture right now. You don't even have to try hard to see it. But there are a lot of other things you need to be equipped with God's word, well equipped with God's word, so that you will recognize the falsehoods and the things that are attacking the truth of God's word in your life. God has made himself known in the Bible, and it is with the Bible that we are, as verse 5 goes on to say, to take every thought captive for what purpose? To obey Christ. 
That's a vivid image of what's happening on the spiritual battlefield of our hearts and minds. Take every thought captive. Meaning we take them away like a prisoner who's been defeated in battle. We capture our thoughts to tame them, to educate them, to direct them with the truth. Don't let these destructive arguments against the things of God destroy you. You destroy the falsehoods with the truth. Don't let them take you captive to do sin, to to operate a sinful lifestyle apart from God's truth. You take them captive so that you obey Christ. That means that you may need to believe the Bible before you understand it. There are some challenging things in God's Word that we kind of grapple with and go, I'm having a hard time coming down. How am I supposed to believe? You may need to devote yourself to believing the Bible before you totally get it. And I can't even say I totally get all those challenging passages. And I see John shaking his head. We, We come to the Scriptures and... And we would have to admit, boy, this is a tough truth. It's a deep one. It's a deep and hard thing to, to, to understand. And yet, there are a million things in God's Word that are easy to understand. And God wants us to take, believe all of His Word and devote ourselves to taking our thoughts captive to train them with the truth of God's Word. You may need to believe the Bible before you even totally think you understand it. Martin Luther pointed to that when he said this, In holy and divine matters, one must first hear rather than see, first believe rather than understand, first be grasped rather than grasp, first be captured rather than capture. That's one of the challenges of living in the world in which we live because a lot of people want to, want to be convinced before they believe. We need to believe the Bible. We need to be captured by God's Word so that we're not captured by the arguments and the temptations of the devil. They are numerous. We are to be taking every thought captive to obey Christ. The battle is fought in our minds. And now that we have a firm grasp on that, thought. Now let's go to Ephesians 6. Go with me to Ephesians 6, where we see our weapon for the warfare of the mind. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll just go straight to verse 17. Ephesians 6 and verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. We saw that last time. And then here's the phrase we're focusing on tonight. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now we've seen here in Ephesians 6 that we're to take up the full armor of God. 
take up the full armor of God. And here in verse 17, we're told to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's the Bible. When the enemy confronts and attacks me with lies, my only defense is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. The battle can only be won with the Scriptures, with God's Word. When the enemy confronts you with his lies, your only weapon is the Word. The enemy is a liar. Remember? Remember, it seems like forever ago, several weeks ago, we talked about the enemy and the nature of the enemy. The devil is a liar, the father of lies. He is a deceiver. He's an imposter. He's a counterfeiter. But you have the Word of God. And the Word of God defeats the enemy's lies. The Word of God is like no other book. It is a sharp, two-edged sword that pierces to the depths of our soul and exposes the things that need to be dealt with with God's Word better than we can even understand. And this is why we need to be readers of God's Word and believers in God's Word. Read the Bible every day. Why? Because every day, Satan is at work with lies. And when you know God's Word and you know what it says, you can have the kind of confidence that we hear of in Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. That's the kind of confidence that we ought to be able to have on the spiritual battlefield because we have the Word of God, which is truth. God's Word is a weapon. The Bible is the only weapon we have, the only weapon we need. As 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, for destroying arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and for taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Would you turn with me to Matthew 4? Let's go to Matthew 4 for a moment. As you turn there, Matthew 4, we'll be there in just a moment. How are we to use this weapon to destroy the lies of the devil and take every thought captive to obey Christ? Let's understand that the battle is won when truth displaces deception. The battle is won when truth displaces deception. When truth overrules lies. Truth must take the place of deception. Name the lie, insert the truth. Because Satan tempts you to believe that thing in front of you will make you happy. I mean, this happens really quickly in our minds. 
We see something, we're tempted to say something, we're tempted to do something that Satan is tempting us to believe that that thing will satisfy us. That'll make you happy. And it happens really quickly in our minds. If you know the truth in your minds just as quickly, you can say, I don't think so. I know what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says, right? So how can we learn, as James 4, 7 says, to submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you? Isn't that a wonderful truth? Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do we learn to do that? Look at Matthew 4 and verse 1. And we're going to be looking at a few verses here, but beginning in verse 1 of Matthew 4, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why did God allow Jesus to be tempted? Why did God the Father send God the Son to be tempted? Did Jesus need to be tested? No. He, he did not need to be tested. It's not like the Father didn't know what God the Son would do. God the Father knew what God the Son would do. I think Jesus was tested to show us how he responded in his humanity. Because he took on flesh. And he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. I think Jesus was tested so that we would have an example of how we are to respond. Showing us how we should respond when we're tempted. And he shows us how we can have victory. When we don't have victory, we forget this, right? We forget the truth of God's Word. We deny the truth of God's Word, or we turn from the truth of God's Word. Verse 2, Matthew 4. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No kidding. 40 days and 40 nights. It's incredible, isn't it? In his... In his humanity, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Then in verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Um, let me just begin, like I noted this morning, there was an if. Um, this is more like a since. Since you are even, even the tempter knows who Jesus is. In the original language, the idea is since you are the Son, the, it can be properly translated, since you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. It wasn't a question. How does Jesus respond? Look at verse 4. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Get this. The author of Scripture quotes Scripture. John 1, 1. You say, the author of Scripture, Jesus, the author of Scripture, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God, and when the devil throws 
at him temptation. He answers how? Not with argument, but with truth, with scripture. Then in verse 5, note that the devil changes his tactics. Jesus says, it is written, so Satan changes directions, verses 5 and 6. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, again, the if should be more likely a since you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. The devil knows the truth too. The devil knows the written word of God also. But he's the deceiver. And so he twists and distorts things. He twists and distorts the truth. Jesus will not let him get away with that. And if you will take up the sword of the Spirit, God's word will not let the deceiver get away with his lies in your life. Jesus shows us how. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So what does the devil do? The devil changes directions again. One more time, because he's the deceiver. Verses 8 and 9. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil's getting desperate here for a win. Verses 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Defeat lies with the truth, the truth of God's word. James 4.7, so now we think about James 4.7 again, and we understand a little bit better how this works. How do we submit ourselves, therefore, to God? We submit ourselves to His Word. We give ourselves to knowing and applying the truth of His Word to our lives and seeking to obey God in all things. So we submit ourselves, therefore, to God, and we resist the devil, and we can do that with the truth, and he will flee from you. Note that it doesn't tell us to tell Satan to be gone like Jesus did. It gives us this hope that we submit ourselves to God, we resist the devil, and we do that with the truth, and he will flee from you. That's the battle. It is a battle. It's a serious battle. It's a difficult battle. But that's the battle. Resist the devil by exposing the lie and declaring the truth. We don't even need to study the lies. We need to study the truth. We need to know the truth of God's Word. And, I, and this is why I say, begin by reading the Word every day. It is a good thing to sit down and and take a theme in the Bible or a word in the Bible or a passage of Scripture and dive deep and study it. And often you'll never, just, you'll never study it better than when you're getting ready to teach it. 
Ask me how I know. And, and volunteer to teach. You'll become a, a studier because you, if, if you're devoted to God's Word, you'll study God's Word so that you can teach it. And that's a good thing. But if you would say, I don't know how to study the Bible, I say, that's okay. Read the Bible. It's not like any other book. If you will submit yourself to God's Word, if you will say, this is God's Word, I must obey. God, open my eyes that I might see. Open my heart that I might believe. And you read God's Word every day. I believe God will help you with the Word, and He will sink deeply into you His truth. We must read our Bibles to know the truth. Read the Bible. Listen to the Bible. I've done this too because I'm a really slow reader and I find myself backing up and starting over. And what I didn't even get that. I go back again. And I, it's frustrating. But I also listen to the Bible. And there are times when I'm doing something that doesn't require a lot of thought for me to do it, and I'll put the Bible in my ears because I can play it and listen to it, and I and I try to pay attention and not get distracted by the things that I'm working on if I don't have to think about them too hardly because I can hear God's Word read to me. I've even read the Bible out loud at times because it helps me, because I'm such a slow reader, I can read it as fast as I can think it, so I might as well just read it out loud. Pray the Bible. You want to learn how to pray? Take a passage of Scripture. If you were, if you were paying attention, I did that this morning with the psalm that I read. I took the first and the last verse and I prayed those verses. It's not hard. Take the Bible and pray. Read the Word. Devote yourself as a family to taking a book of the Bible at a time and reading one chapter every night after dinner. If you come to prayer meeting, you don't have to read on Wednesday nights. And if you come to church on Sunday, you don't have to read on Sundays. But do it on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday after dinner. You'll do two things. You'll eat together. And you'll read the Word together. You'll eat again together the Word. Do it. Read, read the Bible. Pick a plan, even. And there's a plan back on the literature table back here. And I've put on the church website five or six other plans under the resources section that you can go and find. If you don't like that plan, there's lots of other plans. Get a plan and read the Bible through every year or every two years, and keep doing that again and again and again. Don't stop just because you've read through the Bible once. If you've read through the Bible a lot of times, try reading it in a different translation. It, it may get your attention in things that you've gotten so used to reading over and over again that you don't stop to think about them. A fresh translation may step on your toes in a new way. You need to know the truth so that you will recognize error. To recognize the devil's lies. Give yourself in obedience to God's word, to reading the word. I believe God will bless that greatly in your life. If you'll give yourself to reading the word. Give yourself in obedience to reading and knowing the Bible. Give yourself to doing what is right. As you read the Bible... You may not see clearly all the direction that God gives you in His Word, but ask God to help you see it. And ask Him to give you a heart that longs to be obedient to His Word. And hungers and thirsts for righteousness. 
Give yourself to doing what the Bible says. So it's not, it's not sufficient to just stop at reading it, but, but read it with the intent of being obedient to it. Paul, speaking to believers in Romans 16, verse 19, says, For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But get this, he doesn't stop there. He, he says your obedience is great, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. I think what he's saying is that I see your obedience. I hear of your obedience. But don't stop obeying God's word. You need to be wise to the truth and innocent of doing wrong. Innocent of what is evil. Be wise, be innocent. And then he makes this encouraging statement in verse 20. Again, it's Romans 16 and verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. We've been talking about the spiritual warfare, the spiritual battlefield that we live on. Our enemy is Satan and his lies, the, Satan, uh, the devil and his lies, to de- trying to defeat our spiritual war in our spiritual warfare, trying to defeat what God is doing, what the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Praise God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. One word in verse 20. Soon. 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 Even so, come Lord Jesus. Right? We look forward to the day when we will see Jesus. And we will be done with temptation and sin and the devil's ploys and schemes. Until then, as we say, soon, soon, Lord. Until then, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take it up. Put God's Word in your heart and your mind. Make it your own. Allow God's Word to take up residence in your daily life. And God will help you. God will strengthen you with His wisdom. You will still fight temptation and sin this side of heaven, but you'll have the weapon that God has given you to use in the fight. Next time, Lord willing, we'll consider the necessity of prayer in spiritual warfare. The necessity of prayer. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Interesting that we're kind of wrapping up this series on the Word and prayer. That's where we'll be, Lord willing, next time.